Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. I think the number one goal of the Wolves doesn't mean it'll happen, but I'm convinced the number one goal is to move up. Is that to four? I actually would keep an eye in Phoenix at six more than anyone else. There's a lot of New Orleans at four steam. Undoubtedly, he's talked to all those teams, right? New Orleans at four, Cleveland at five. But I'm just telling you, the team I would watch more than any is Phoenix at pick six. Reckless speculation. Yes. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Score North and the Score North mobile app. We got Danny Cunningham in here from Raised by Wolves and ScoreNorth.com. I think we should. Uh, I think we should just start with it. Reckless speculation. I thought you already did. Didn't no. Oh, okay. no. Oh, no. Do we well, not recklessly that speculate? That was good. There's more. Jeff Goodman. Goodman oh, on hoops this, on Twitter. Yeah. Here's what he tweets. This is actually eight hours ago. This has been percolating on the internet for eight hours. New Orleans boss David Griffin trying to get another first rounder and also a player on a good contract for the number four overall pick. So he wants to swap picks and get a player if he's going to trade the number four overall pick. I'm told there have been discussions between the Pelicans' number four pick and Minnesota involving the number 11 and Robert Covington. Reckless speculation. Your thoughts, room full of smart, well, reckless speculators. I think speculators. we let Cunningham go first since he's the guy on the beat. I think that if that were to happen, it would probably also require a future first-round pick. And I'm not sure I'm comfortable trading Robert Covington to get up to four because he is the one asset that you do have that is cost-controlled, that's actually a pretty good player. He's on a very team-friendly deal for the next couple of seasons. He's he's someone that is a, a rarity, and he's got the two skill sets that you badly need, and that's shooting and defense. He's your best guy at both of those things other than Carl Anthony Towns. So it's tough for me to part ways with him. If you can do it for Dario Sharch in a future one or Josh Akogi in a future one, then I'm more on board. But it's tough for me to see them dealing Robert Covington. And maybe the knee's a bit of a question mark, but New Orleans would know that too. Are they better? Are they better trading Robert Covington to get up to four for what I'm assuming will be Darius Garland? They could potentially be better years from now, but they're not better in they're the not better in They're not better October 21st or whatever day game one's going to be. They're not better then. What's the goal here, though? Is is the goal to be as good as you could possibly be on October 21st, or, or is the goal here, 
I wouldn't call it a slow build because that's probably not fair. Is the goal here a build to get where they want to go, and therefore you're not as concerned about opening night as you are, let's say, opening night 2021, Danny? The goal is to maximize Carl Anthony Towns' timeline. That's the goal here. Fair. It's to get the most out of him while he's under contract. And yeah, he's under contract for the next three seasons, but that timeline realistically is the next, or he's under contract for the next five seasons. The timeline realistically is the next three seasons because we saw why the number four pick's available right now. It's because they just traded Anthony Davis to get it. That's why you don't want that to turn. You don't want this to turn into a situation like that years down the road. So that clock is ticking on Carl Anthony Towns and Gerson Rosas brought up the timeline of winning with him at his pre-draft press conference on Tuesday. That's something you have to think about. Robert Covington is probably one of the few pieces here that factors into that timeline. I don't think they'll move him. So this is all very, like, this is sort of crystallizing. It's very simple. You're not going to be able to, you, your, your goal right now is pair another potential star player with Carl Anthony Towns. Yes. It's why I like the D'Angelo Russell possibilities. If you sure. can put Russell and Carl Anthony Towns together, it's your chance for a Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find a lot of those guys in free agency. So you have to find ways to either draft or trade for them. If you think Darius Garland can be a second star player to Carl Anthony Towns, this is a no-brainer. And if you think he's going to be there with the number 4 overall pick, it is a no-brainer. You pull the trigger on that. I love Rocco. And Rocco was an amazing glue guy. He shot threes. Mm-hmm. They needed everything he brought to the team last year. And I think if he would have played out the rest of the season, they might finish 500. They finished 36 wins. They might have won an extra four or five games last I, year. They definitely win more games than they did. Yep. And, and let's make no bones about it. The injuries at the end of the season cost them some games. Like but, they, they were a better team than just the thir- this 36 win wolves that we ended up seeing. But incremental marginal upgrades don't matter. You have Carl Anthony Towns emerging into his prime for the next five years, and that's all that's guaranteed. If you can find another star player, either in, in D'Angelo Russell, in restricted free agency via trade, that'd be great. But if you think Darius Garland is that guy... And he's going to be 20 years old, I believe, when the season uh, gets underway next year. Mm-hmm. You pull the trigger on this. I love this, even if it's a short-term loss for a long-term gain. If this happens, I I'm I'm not as on board with dealing Covington. If you can substitute someone else in there, I I think it's a great move. But you also have to have worries that this kid's 19, and this kid needs to be ready to win right away. The, well, maybe not right away, but within the next 12 to 18 months. They need to start being a winning team, or to, it's going to get ugly at some point. To Phil's point, do you think Covington is good enough to be the Robin to Carl Anthony Towns' Batman? And if not, what other outlets do they have, if not trading up to number 4 for what apparently they think could be the Robin to to Carl sure. Anthony Towns' Batman and Garland? What other avenues or options do they have to go and find that guy to pair up with him? The other avenue is the D'Angelo Russell route, which obviously that's something that's been talked about a bunch. Is someone The Wolves are someone or a team that would have interest in him. He's close with Carl. It makes sense. There are, it, there are avenues to get to it. It's difficult to find them, but it can be done. That's your other option. Trading up for Garland, if you think he's a superstar at four, then you are having these conversations, and clearly they're having these conversations. They're being aggressive, not only in moving up to four, but I think number six is a possibility as well, where Phoenix has that has that pick. Now, they're looking for a veteran point guard. That could be something that makes sense there, because you do have Jeff Teague, and Phoenix... They have a new front office, but we know that that organization isn't exactly the most well-run organization in the NBA. So maybe you they're susceptible to trading back for 11 and, and Jeff Teague and maybe something else. You could get that cheaper. And then you get Kobe White in the door, who's also maybe not quite at the level of Darius Garland right now, but is 
a minor notch below that, or some people believe him to be better than Garland. It, it depends who you like. Reckless speculation. I love this. This is great. Continuing down this fantastic path on which we're on, Danny Cunningham, Mm -hmm. tell me this, because this is obviously of paramount importance. What do we think Cat wants exactly? So, So if Gerson's gone to Cat and said, hey, listen, you're our superstar. I get that. I'm doing my best to trade. Andrew probably... Uh, but I want to know, you tell me right now, what do you, how do you see this going? What do we think that Cat wants? I think Cat wants to win. And I don't know that Cat has a formula set out to how they're going to get there, but I think that all that's going to matter at the end of the day is that he's going to want to win. Now, if he is has Russell, his, is I think D'Angelo Russell to would be high on his list. I, mean, I think he that he said in that interview that he and Russell have wanted to play together since before high school. Sure. And I, I think that him saying, yes, I'm actively recruiting him. But if you find a way to win that doesn't involve D'Angelo Russell, he's not going to be unhappy about it. If they're winning and D'Angelo Russell is in Indiana, does that is that going to affect Carl? No. They're going to be winning. He's going to be happy. Winning solves a lot of things. If the New Orleans Pelicans would have found a way to put a winner around Anthony Davis, he wouldn't be on the Lakers right now. That's that's just the fact of the matter. I, I I'm the only thing about Darius Garland, how many six foot two guards are centerpieces on a championship team? The guards we talk about are like the six foot five, the Dwayne Wade, six five, Kobe, six six type guards. Well, there's one in Portland in Damian Lillard who Darius Garland is that's what his game is essentially mirrored after. I'm not saying he is Damian Lillard, but that's the style of which he plays. And then there's this guy out in Golden State named Steph Curry that's about six foot two as well. He's a championship centerpiece too. But he's so. the greatest player of his kind sure, of all time. But, but you didn't specify, oh, how many guys are the greatest ever at shooting? Yes, but he's six foot two, a championship centerpiece. I guess my question, let me rephrase it this way. I've seen a lot of comps to Kyrie Irving when I read about Darius Garland. And I mean, there's, it's not like a lot, none of us has seen him play a lot in live action because he played, what, right. five games. So like, yes. a lot of this is worth speculating on what we thought he was going to be. But if people are comparing him mostly to Kyrie Irving, that makes me a little nervous. I don't know if I want a, I don't know if I want a ball, like I want, he, I want a guy who can play a little bit of defense. I want a guy who doesn't need to be ball-centric for 45 minutes every think, single night. I think our view on Kyrie Irving is a little skewed because he comes off as a head case, too. And, and he, I'm he not sure. Yes, but I'm not so sure that that's the right comparison because we get skewed when we, we don't only think about Kyrie Irving the player. Let's not forget, not too long ago, Kyrie Irving was the number 2 player on a championship-level team. For a bunch of years in Cleveland, he was the second best player on a team that knocked off a 73-win Golden State Warriors team. And you're not asking Darius Garland to come in and be your franchise player. You've got that. Carl Anthony Towns is that guy. Now, can he be the best player on a title-winning team? I don't know. Can He might be able to get there. He might not. But if you're drafting Darius Garland, it's not to be. you're not saying to him, come in and save our franchise. Where with Kyrie Irving, that's what it was until LeBron showed up. With a bunch of these other guys, they've been tasked with having to save a franchise. Steph Curry was drafted to be the guy in Golden State. Damian Lillard was drafted to be the guy in Portland. You're not drafting. If you move up to number four, you're not drafting Darius Garland to be the guy. The guy's already on the roster. Hmm. Play the sounder, please, because I'm going to ask Daniel. You want reckless speculation? Great question. Yeah. You know this ain't going to happen. How about reckless trade speculation? That's good enough. That's fine. That might work with a sign-in trade with D'Angelo Russell. So, Maybe. 
The Wolves talk is great, but as an NBA diehard, mm -hmm. give me the two juiciest things that you think could take place during tonight's draft. Right here on Score North. <laughs> I do think that the I number four pick that, that does involve Minnesota right now, yep. that's really juicy because Minnesota could be making that pick. New Orleans could be making that pick. Atlanta could be making that pick. Cleveland could be making that pick. I have no idea who the poor sap that's going to have to walk on stage wearing a Lakers hat is going to be at number four. I have no <laughs> clue, and that's incredibly... Well, yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, well, it's right? going that's to be... Gonna happen. He's yeah, going to be wearing to. a Lakers hat because <laughs> the trade's hilarious. not that's official. Great. Like it is the, It has to happen. It's the most backwards thing I've ever seen, by <laughs> like, the way. It's the one thing about your league I don't get. Rob Palinka is going to have to be the one that calls the pick in for, for whoever's making the pick. Oh, it, it's my not God, going, but he's beautiful. going to be the one on the phone that so says, yeah. David Griffin is going to call Rob Palinka. That's my say, understanding hey, of you, how the process is going to have to work. Take it's the Garland, please? It is still officially the Lakers pick. The Los Angeles Lakers Twitter account is going to tweet out tonight with the fourth pick in the NBA draft, the Los Angeles Lakers select. Actually, is this going to have to go through three channels? If the Pelicans trade it, is somebody going to have to call David Griffin and be like, hey, call Palinka and tell him <laughs> that we want Darius Garland? Probably, they might just have like, a group telephone that's going to end up wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can merge calls. You can have a three-way phone call. That's what they. That's what would end up happening. And there's a, multiple people there's on FaceTime now just to yes, really make sure you got the right technology people. Yeah. Is unbelievable That's and true. there is a there is a conference line that the nba has set up for situations like this but darius garland's going to be most likely going to be drafted fourth by the los angeles lakers i don't know who's going to play for that's the the one juicy thing also what atlanta does because atlanta's got three first round picks they're drafting at eight ten and 17 they could move up they could move up to four they could move up to five in cleveland they like cam reddish they might like someone else I, I'm very fascinated to see how they play things out as well. I feel like they acquired all those draft picks really thinking that for sure they'd be able to move into the top five. Mm -hmm. And I would find it amusing if they were left out in the cold and those top those teams trading out of the top five opted to take other teams' offers instead. Specifically I'm, the Wolves. That would be extra. I'm not so sure how willing they are to part with both of their top ten picks with eight and ten. Right. So that could be an issue at hand as well. Uh, quick uh, just reminder for people... Two things going on tonight. Well, Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Danny Cunningham's hanging out with us. You can find more of him on a regular basis on Raised by Wolves, Score North Sundays, and also scorenorth.com. He also hosts Cluster Fun on a daily basis, our live video streaming show. He's pretty much everywhere. You can find Danny at Target Center tonight calling in on a regular basis with Rami and, uh, and Manny Hill anchoring a live Wolves draft special starting at 6 o'clock tonight on Score North, Score North on 1500, the mobile app. And we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I think it's so fascinating. In fact, let's let's flush this out when we come back. This is just like when Derek Falvey and Thad Levine took over the Twins off of this long run of the Terry Ryan regime. We didn't know what they were capable of. We didn't know what they were thinking with Gerson Rosas and trade machine guy that he hired. We don't know what's possible. We don't know are they are they gamblers? Are they trade uppers? Are they free agency guys? Let's talk more about what this new front office could be capable of. Tonight, it's the NBA draft. There's some excitement. Usually, we have crippling fear when it comes to Timberwolves and the NBA draft. I don't know if that's the case anymore. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North. Let's talk about TCL for just a brief moment. America's fastest-growing TV brand. In fact, we're going to be watching the draft tonight on two glorious 55-inch TCL Roku TVs. Built-in Roku devices giving you access to thousands of streaming channels, including Fox Sports Go, Big Ten Network, all kinds of on-demand options, too. 
If you are a cord cutter out there, there's no better TV to get in your living room or wherever it is that you want to put TVs than a TCL. You get 500,000 plus movies and TV show episodes, all with an easy to toggle back and forth remote. You can just literally toggle back and forth between with one touch of a button, your cable or satellite channels, depending on what you subscribe to and your streaming channel. Stop into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities and just do some comparison shopping. Compare the picture quality, compare the price, maybe most importantly, of TCL TVs to others on those same shelves and walls. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand, and TCLUSA.com. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. we got our guy Danny Cunningham in here from the Raised by Wolves podcast slash show and uh, Cluster Fun, which you can find. It's our daily social media streaming show hosted by Danny, Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock. So tonight, in about two hours and ten minutes, the number one pick will be on the clock tonight. And it's funny because like the first two picks are just... It was such a buzzkill at first when New Orleans and Memphis got the first two picks. But because the NBA is amazing and there's drama and trade rumors... All the drama now is centered toward that number four pick, which the Wolves are heavily involved in rumors. Mm -hmm. There's reports that the Wolves are working on trading up to number four. And I think let's just let's just go down this path of we don't know what Gerson Rosas and the new front office he's assembling is capable of. We we kind of knew what Flip was capable of. We kind of knew what Flip liked. We certainly knew what Tom Thibodeau was capable of. Like we knew he was going to trade for Jimmy Butler and then just get a bunch of Tom Thibodeau-y type players in here. Bulls. He was going to get Bulls. Correct. He was just going to recreate the 2011 <laughs> Rami's basketball exactly. teams in his lifetime. That's what he was trying to do. We and I don't blame him. <laughs> we don't know what these dudes are capable of. We don't know if they're going to pull a trade for D'Angelo Russell, a trade for the number four overall pick. So what, in, in being around Gerson and Ryan Saunders, and you've been able to do a little bit of digging on who these guys are behind the scenes, Danny Cunningham. What do you like? What do you think they're capable of? I think Rosas is going to be very aggressive in running this front office. I, I think that they're going to take an outside the box approach at, at a lot of things, but I think that they're going to be willing to go places that other people in this franchise's history haven't been willing to go. I, I don't think they're they're concerned about being too splashy or too aggressive, and they're willing to to take some gambles. You saw that in Houston, where they've bet on some guys. They bet on James Harden. They've they bet on Chris Paul working out, and that doesn't look great right now. But it was a bet that they had to take, and they did. Um, they've bet on trying to revive some careers with with guys that were out of the league. If you look at a couple of their guys that are role players that play significant roles for them, they didn't have a home and they just kind of took flyers on them as minimum players. They bet on a guy in the G League this year who started for them a bunch of games before his two-way contract ran out and they couldn't come to terms with him yet. Like they are going to take bets on guys. I would bet on this this franchise now being very aggressive. They're in they're in the mode where they're going to try and win. Would you say it's likely that there is a major move made between the draft and free agency. Whether it's moving up tonight, whether it's going to get D'Angelo Russell or somebody like that once free agency opens up, would you describe it as likely that there is a big move made by Garrison Rosas and his front office? I'm hesitant to say likely, but I think that they're trying their damnedest to do it. They're doing everything they possibly can. Now, they haven't exactly been blessed with the, the greatest chest of assets to right. make things like that happen, and you can't fault Rosas or anyone else in that front office or really that's in the organization right now, other than maybe Scott Layden for that. So he's trying to, he's <laughs> as Judd, uh, I'm nodding, I'm nodding my head. head. Uh, Scott um, Layden, it didn't work out too well. 
as they try and make these moves, they don't have the greatest assets to make that happen. But they're going to do everything in their power to try and make it happen. If they can find something, they're going to be aggressive with it. What do you think? So Gerson comes uh, from Houston where he obviously learned a lot and we can sort of go to school on what they did. But Danny, what in what's your sense of what he learned from Houston that he won't do here? Like how how is he different from Maury do you think or what would you be what did you see Houston do that you think he probably went to school on and said if I if I do get this job which he now has, I won't repeat that move. What do you think? My guess is that he will probably care a little bit about locker room chemistry more than they do in Houston right now. Because if sure. you look at that's probably the root of their problems. Now, what you want to believe about what's going on in, in Houston up for debate. There have been not conflicting reports, but some reports have been more damaging than others. I know Yahoo had one essentially calling that situation unsalvageable and Daryl Morey has refuted that. But I think that one Chemistry is going to matter here a little bit more than it did in Houston. And two, I don't foresee him giving forty plus million dollars to a thirty-five-year-old. That's that's what Chris Paul is going to have in a couple of years, and I don't see that happening here. I feel like that's an untradeable. That's an untradeable contract in it's, my mind. It's very very difficult to move. Yes, it's a terrible contract. It's one of the five worst in the NBA, and it's not like I'm you know. LeBron James a couple of years ago would he have loved to have played with Chris Paul? Absolutely. If you told LeBron James, hey, uh, yeah. You, you, even if you could make it work, like before the Anthony Davis trade, yeah, well, we can get Chris Paul, but you're not going to get Anthony Davis. You'd be like, nope, that's okay. I mean, yeah. like, there's Chris Paul wants to play for a contender, but there's it's not like there's a contender out there, arms open, to take a $45 million contract three years from now. Especially with bad hamstrings. This isn't. This isn't Wolves related, but I just came across something on Twitter that's so NBA draft day and definitely constitutes reckless speculation. If I could have the sound of Reckless speculation. Kawhi spotted at a Yorkdale Home Depot buying moving boxes, whoa, guys. He bought whoa. moving boxes. Wait a second. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard walks into Home Depot and asks for, asks for moving boxes. <laughs> I have, I'm looking at pictures. He doesn't have a guy for that. I'm looking at pictures. By the way, I am him walking out of Home Depot and moving boxes being loaded well, into the Escalade, guys. Judd Zolget has been it's independently happening. reporting for weeks now that Kawhi is leaving Toronto, okay? So I just hope you guys next time that you're looking for NBA scoops will listen to did me. Did you have sources at a I Lowe's? told you. How did you know this? I, told, I go, well, I go with this, Depot, Rami, so. and I'm touching my stomach. <laughs> Gut feeling. Yes. Gut yeah. feeling. Lots of beer I, in there and lots of scoops in there. I heard he's offended. Marcus all made fun of his man boobs. Just going to say. Really? That. Yeah, he's really yeah, he's in the way. Wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> explosive. What if he bought a house in Toronto and he's moving out of an apartment? Reckless speculation. Not as fun, Danny. It's time for you to go, Killjoy. Not time for you to go. This is reckless speculation, not moving talk. That's speculation. I mean, I what if he what if he found a nice four bedroom in a Toronto suburb? Yeah, Danny's speculating that Kawhi Leonard might be looking for a little, I don't know, four, possibly five year home in Toronto. Could be. Possibly. Could be. He got his ring Uh there, he's moving on. Uh Uh, Moving on. Have you guys seen? Uh, so Carl Anthony Towns was uh, was training at all hours of the night in China. Yeah, earlier mm-hmm. this week. No, too. when he got back from China, wasn't it? Or it was, it was uh, yeah, back from China. And it was nine in the morning, and they got in at like five <laughs> o'clock or something. And people Four. were acting like he was up really early in the morning. I wake up at like seven. Do you know how every old he, he is? Nine a.m. This is like five a.m. I guess I'm up at seven thirty, Judd. You are up early. You text me. Why are you up so early? I slept till nine today. We have a trade. Wait a second. Oh, wait. Whoa, hold, hold on. on. Hold on a second. Hold on. 
trade alert. We have a trade in the NFL draft. That one will work too, won't it? <laughs> well, we don't know what the trade is, right? <laughs> don't we have a trade alert system? I thought we had a trade alert system. I thought we had something. Back up from your mic and do it. <laughs> That's our trade alert system right there. Indiana has traded for Phoenix's T.J. Warren. Whoa. League sources tell Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj. The Woj grenades coming out the here. The balance that of is power a, shifts that's in a, the uh, NBA, ladies and just, gentlemen. Just when you thought the Eastern Conference couldn't get much stronger, T.J. <laughs> Warren heads east. Wow. That's a, that's a Woj tremor. A Woj tremor. Like, like is a, that even a tremor? Before an earthquake, you're going to start feeling some some shocks. That's a little one. It's yeah, a it's not a a Woj bomb. Oh, is yeah. like, it's like Anthony a, Davis to the Lakers. It's, it's like something. a Woj flash grenade. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. think that's better. It's just like this, a little. This boom. might actually be a Woj sparkler. To be honest with you guys, like a, <laughs> this is a Woj knife. It's <laughs> just a knife. Just a little poke just in the side. Shiv. I was all excited, shiv. and then that's what you got for me. T.J. <laughs> Warren? Yeah. Okay. We're just warming up, Judd. We're going to be here all night. Hey, the other... No, I, you're going to be here all night. <laughs> I'm going home at six. Eat and drink beer. I, I have another... I have another like another thing that's happening with the Timberwolves that I've, I'd like to know more about if you have information or even speculation on it. So, last year, it was 12 guys, 12 cabs, 12 cities, baby. It was like Jimmy Beach training on the you know, beach over here, Wiggins playing video games over there, Towns... But now it feels like a lot of guys have stayed around. There's all and, and the Timberwolves are doing a good job from a PR standpoint of here's photos every day of Andrew Wiggins in the gym, Andrew Wiggins in the practice facility. What do you make of the Wolves at least making an effort to stay together this offseason, Danny Cunningham? It's a really good thing. I haven't been around a team that has spent as much time together in the offseason. Now, granted, I've been around teams that have been playing into June and kind of want to get away from each other for a little bit, where they're playing in the finals in Cleveland, and and LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love don't need to spend all summer together to become good. So it's definitely something I haven't seen or been around, but it's definitely a good sign. You want to see Andrew Wiggins playing in the gym all summer long. I would personally, if I were a Wolves fan, I'd want to see Andrew Wiggins playing for Team Canada in a competitive environment, too. He's going to, isn't he? There have been conflicting reports about that. Um, I, I know that someone for TSN reported yes. John Krasinski reported that it had not. It had definitely not been confirmed yet. Um, mm-hmm. So I only want him to do that. I've decided this. If the Wolves send him with a plan... And he executes that plan. If he is going to take long-range two-point shots, I don't want him going. So, but so the his problem game, here is this is the, my decision. Three-point line in international competition yep. is just a really long <laughs> two-point shot. Okay. <laughs> then he's going to look really weird when he pulls up far short of that line I want, and takes shots. I want every shot two feet behind exactly. the three-point line. Yes, just Robbie pull, hit it. Pull up from as far back as you can. I, I love how like Team Canada is going to be running these offensive sets. And Wiggins is just going to be like working on his corner three. So like they're going to be, yeah, no, exactly. They're going to pass it to an area. And Wiggins, nah, my coach told me. Yeah, if you if you thought we saw some good Nick Nurse faces during the playoff runs, wait until he gets his hand on Wiggins. Yeah, yeah. I and I can't believe I'm saying this, but it, it, I said this two months ago, and I've reflected on it. I am bullish on Andrew Wiggins in 2019 20. I legitimately, th- I don't think I, the ship has sailed on him being a franchise player. You've been body snatched. I really don't know who this is saying this in front of me right now. It is if if anyone was going to salvage Andrew Wiggins, not as a superstar player, but as even just a poor man's Andre Iguodala, a guy that doesn't shipwreck you. It would be this collection of front office people, these these coaches that they're hiring and bringing on. I think. 
I think this is going to be a step forward year for Andrew Wiggins. Phil used I'll to come it. in here with a dossier. On damning evidence against Andrew Wiggins and, all of and, that lay evidence? Out, and lay out a case that Johnny Cochran would be proud of against a man and why he'll never be a quality basketball if, player. If the shot don't fit, he, you must have quit. <laughs> my, my favorite part about that argument is bringing up that best case scenario, he's a poor man's version of a zero time all star. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second. But a finals MVP. Zero a time all star. Finals All-Star. MVP. And a beloved player, as far as I can tell. Yes. Wait, Andre Iguodala? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He oh, is, I think he's he liked is very yeah. well liked. By his teammates, no, yeah. Wiggins, his teammates like him. Listen, if they... He's checking a lot of boxes. If they, he's not a bad guy. He's a he's a fine guy. Andrew? And, yeah, he's a fine guy. Yeah, he's just very laid back. Yes, he's very laid back. I don't think anyone dislikes him in that locker room. I just think that his game needs to improve. And But just to be clear, I'm not going back on anything I've ever said about Andrew Wiggins and his performances through the first handful of years. I'm saying... I think he's taking a step forward in 2019. Well, and if you can get and if you can do that and get him to a place where you can trade him, good for them. That might even be a stretch. Like he'd have to Here's the thing, if he takes a step forward, you you might have a chance to trade him, but then you might also think, "Hey, no. we got this guy to take a step forward. Gerson's Let's see smart, if we can get him smart. to take another step forward." No. Gerson's too smart. Yeah. He, he's going to he's going to do the math and if he can get him if he can get him to a tradable point, I think he'll deal him. I really do. Any other trades go down in the last three minutes since our uh, last trade? No, not yet. I'm waiting. I'm just, you know, no constantly moves? refreshing. No, the D-League's pretty quiet. The G-League, excuse me. Or G-League. <laughs> my, no, my bad. Pretty quiet right now. Okay. That'll that'll shake out a little bit more after Summer League. Okay. Is is Woj going to be tipping all the picks? Yes. Uh, I really hope he uses the fun adjectives like he did last year. Yeah, I was good. You guys remember those? Oh, yeah. He, I, wasn't allowed, he wasn't allowed to say Zion Williams is... Select, our, it was... Signs point to, right? Yes. All signs point to the New Orleans Pelicans selecting Zion Williamson first overall. Every draft show I've ever worked on or listened to or watched, they have that dilemma of do we wait for the official announcement from the NBA at the podium or do we report what we see on Twitter? What's the policy on the Score North draft coverage tonight? I think for the NFL draft, it's all about the drama and it's all about leading up to the picks. Uh huh. To me, the NBA is all about the speculation and the things that could happen. So I guess if I'm making this call on behalf of uh, Score North here, I'm going to say you guys speculate and you 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 run do with it, everything. You, you do Just what make you need stuff to do up. tonight. <laughs> Do what you need to do tonight. I'm going to create five different Twitter accounts just to throw <laughs> just r- the most reckless of rumors out there and then report them as though I'm just hearing them for the first time on the Score North Draft Show tonight. I mean, all I can say is it seems that the, the Memphis Grizzlies are elated that John Morant's on the board at number two. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Oh, man. Danny Cunningham's hanging out with us here. You can find him on Raised by Wolves. You can find him on Cluster Fun, our daily live social media streaming show at 11 o'clock. And uh, he'll be at Target Center tonight. Do you have anything else like before we uh, kick you on down the street, down to uh, Target Center? Any other nuggets or any other predictions or speculation? Um, I think my prediction is that the Wolves don't pick at 11. I think they're either going to trade up or trade out of 11. That's that's my... Uh Quasi bold prediction for tonight. Could they trade the, out of the out of the first round altogether? That would sh- that would shock me. Would that mean that's some that's being packaged with Andrew Wiggins just to get rid of the contract? That would uh, if the Wolves didn't draft tonight. Probably, I would be stunned if they're not picking in the first round tonight. But I also I think that there's a, a pretty high chance that they're selecting somewhere other than eleven. Whether it's four, six. 16, 18, I don't know, but I would bet that it's not 11. Is Jeff Teague on the roster tomorrow morning? Technically, yes. Well, yes. 
But have his rights been transferred essentially to somebody else by tomorrow? I'm sorry, I'll clean up my semantics. I will say that he will still be on the roster tomorrow morning. I, I, I'm not. I just. I don't think that they can get up to Phoenix at six by only Jeff Teague, and I don't know what else Phoenix would want. Reckless speculation. It's a beautiful time of year. It's a beautiful time of year. I love it. It's reckless speculation season. All right, Danny. We'll talk to you later tonight on the Wolves See you later. Draft special. Mackie and Judd with Rami, and uh, we had Joseph Patrick Maurer. I'm not sure if you guys heard on the first place Score North Twin show earlier today. Joseph Patrick Maurer. I saw you tweet himself. out first, middle, and last name earlier today. Is, is there a... Is there a thing here? Is there a reason behind this? Just, em- just, just paying emphasi- the proper respect to the man. Emphasizing his full name. Okay. Yeah. That was the first time he's ever been on the first place Scornout Twin show. I'm aware. And if, if any of you guys missed it earlier today, we've got some, just some highlights. And some people might be saying, wait, highlights from a Joe Maurer interview? No, he was like, this is maybe the most fun he's been on an interview. He told a couple stories, him for yucking it up. So we'll play you guys a couple highlights from that when we come back here to Mackie and Judd with Rami after we talk about. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. If you are a business owner out there, listen up for just a second here. Because Federated has all kinds of tools to help your business thrive in every area imaginable. It's not You're not just getting a policy when you lock in with Federated. You get a company with over a century of experience in protecting businesses and helping them uh, be as successful as they can be in every area. So I've, I've been a business owner in my past failed on one front, uh, mildly successful on the other. But I think through that experience, I know about the grind, the problem solving that goes into it, the taking care of uh, vendors and employees, et cetera, but also the little incremental wins that you get to celebrate. And it helps a lot to have a great insurance company. In this case, Federated Mutual Insurance Company. You can go to federatedinsurance.com to find your local marketing rep. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Tonight, live on Score North, it's a Raised by Wolves draft special starting at 6 o'clock right after us. Rami and Manny with Danny Cunningham down at Target Center. They might pick 11th. They might pick 6th. They might pick 4th. There's all kinds of rumors out there, but you'll hear it all live here on Score North and the Score North mobile app. Gentlemen, you want a Twins lineup? Absolutely. Do I? I think you do. I do. Yeah. I really it do. It doesn't well, include Byron Buxton because he's on the Royals Royals tonight, correct, in Kansas City? Woof. If it includes La Tortuga, I'm interested. It does. <laughs> yeah, for very good reason as it well. Does. Max Kepler leading off, playing center field. Jorge Polanco DHing tonight. Mitch Garver behind the plate, batting third. Eddie Rosario in left. CJ Crone at first. How is Dick Bramer saying Arias? Arise. Yes. Arias. He loves say really to say that name. He's been practicing that five hours a day. It is fun to roll your eyes. He, he also Arise. he also said last night that he wouldn't that if a team I believe he brought up a potential Bumgarner trade and said that I don't think he would put Arise in a Bumgarner trade. Wait, Dick Bramer said he wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't put. Declan Arise? was tweeting oh, about it. That last Declan night. was yeah. tweeting about it, and he said said that that he had fallen off his couch. I was sort of dozing in and out, but uh, I would put Arise in a. Mad bomb trade. I'd rather put him in a trade than Royce Lewis in a trade. I know that like one of them is a big leader. Royce Lewis. Oh, yeah, <laughs> two home runs <laughs> last night for Royce Lewis. What about Kirilov? Kir- Kirilov. <laughs> this isn't an episode of Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> Not like Bob Crane. From now on, I'll go by Rami. That is like rolling my R's. How about Ramble? Rambo. Rambo. <laughs> oh. 
What about Whit Merrifield? <laughs> <laughs> You've lost him. Whit Merrifield. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm right am I the only one here who can roll his R's? Is that why you keep I can't. I, I can't. You can't? Not, really? Not, no. it's, it's genetic, right? You either can or you can't. I don't know. It's something you can. I'm not sure. It's like it's like rolling your tongue into a. Yeah, I don't think I can do tube. that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure no, I, can't I can't do, do that. that either. <laughs> Hey, Phil just attempted it. Mm-hmm. We hired you for a reason, Rami. I can do that. It looks but... like he's trying to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I had too many drinks before the show. I'm going to get sick. It looks like he's going to go. Wait, Jonathan just did it. Yeah, he can do it. What, roll your tongue? I can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See? Can't do no, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Uh, batting, batting seventh, Jonathan Scope playing second base. Jake Cave in right field. And Williams Astadio, La Tortuga playing third base tonight for the Minnesota Twins. Jake Odorizzi on the mound. And uh, we'll see if the Twins can get over the disaster of a Red Sox series where they, it's funny, like they lost two out of three, and it's it sort of feels like the sky is falling from the minute. defending World Series champions. Right. right. And the sky is falling. Yeah. But I think they'll be okay. I tweeted last night at some point that the Twins are now 14 and 14 against teams with winning records, which is was slightly untrue by the end of the night because the Angels won. And so they, they've gone above. 500, and so I think the Twins are now 19 and 14, but I just tweeted it as a fact. You would have thought I had said the Twins suck. I feel like you were tweeting it with the subtext of, well, this, I'm worried about the Twins. No, no, no. The sub the subtext, as I keep saying, is the American League's not that good, but good for the Twins for taking advantage. But fans were like, oh, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I said, well, no, it, it's just a fact. And the Twins have taken advantage of that fact, and they are good, good for them. See, the thing is, you don't have to bludgeon great teams. No. You just have to win four out of seven games against a really good team when it comes right. down to winning four out of seven. Yeah, and they haven't lost three games in a row which, all season. They've only lost back-to-back games five times all year. Which I said... On, that bodes very well for a series. Which I said on the shows yesterday is an unbelievable fact that they have not dropped three consecutive games, and it's almost July 1st, and no one else in baseball has done that? Even the thing people panic about, and I'm not saying that the bullpen is perfect and there's nothing to be fixed or it can't be upgraded, but even that is not as bad as it may seem under the microscope of a Twins fan, because you look around Major League Baseball, and most teams, hell, most teams in contention right now have bullpen problems on par with, if not worse, than the Twins. Somebody tweeted at us the other day. I think you guys were tagged in it as well. Something along the lines, this is the difference between a championship-quality team that can pull these kind of arms out of their bullpen versus the Twins. Have you seen what the Red Sox bullpen is doing this year? It's atrocious. I saw the entire thing two nights ago. It's terrible. They trotted the whole thing out there. Yeah, it's a bad bullpen. The the only team, in fact, Wetmore and I talked about this on the Twin Show yesterday, the only team where you say, whoa, about their bullpen, as in good, the Yankees. Yeah. Besides that, I I said the the back end of the Houston's bullpen is pretty damn good, too. It's pretty good, but it's not, whoa, they're fantastic. They've got one guy who, of course, used to pitch here who's fantastic. Osuna, too. But the Yankees is the one bullpen where you do say to yourself, oh, my my goodness, they're really, really good. Uh, but the only the only thing, and I actually did a column about this. I'll plug it right now on scorenorth.com for today. The only thing is, Sano is the only factor right now that I say, oh my gosh, he's just lost. Like these at bats are unwatchable. Yeah, this is also. And I don't know, and I don't know what the end result here is. Well, here's the. Let me pull this up real quick because I believe everyone's talking about Sano's strikeouts, and you know when are they going to come back down the through the roof. I believe his strikeout rate this season, because he's 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 come to bat 
a hundred times mm-hmm. and he's struck out like forty. I mean, his strikeout rate is the same as his career rate. So what we're seeing right now is the same thing we've seen for five years. He's not different. Low batting average, high strikeout, run into a a, a hanging pitch once in a while. I mean, this is who he is. And I, I for for us to continue to be shocked by now, even with that, because he's so powerful. He is an above-average offensive contributor over the course of a season. Like he's in the way that Adam Dunn was, or in the way that that Joey Gallo has been. Yep. He hits so many home runs if you if he's on the field for a long enough period of time that he's going to be an above-average contributor. But nothing he's done this season. He's hitting two fifteen with a bunch of strikeouts and, and some home runs. That's like that's that's his career. The thing that that's ma- who he is. The thing that makes what's going on right now and the Red Sox series was an abomination for him. What makes it glaring though is they now send out a lineup of guys who give you for the most part super professional at bats, and his at bats aren't. So before it was like, well, I hope he can hit fifth. But we, for a while there with Twins uh, players, clearly watched a lot of bad at-bats. But they now send out a a lineup that pretty much one through nine gives you a lot of really good at-bats. They're not perfect, but they're pretty good. And so the fact that he has no approach now stands out because when, when you contrast that with Marwin Gonzalez or, heck, Buxton now or Kepler, their approach is solid and Miguel's is just a train wreck right now. Yeah, it's tough to see a dude just getting blown away by fastballs yes. on a nightly basis. Absolutely. So a guy who didn't get blown away on a regular basis by fastballs was Joseph Patrick Maurer. <laughs> and he was on the Score North Twin Show. I feel like he's in trouble every time you say that. <laughs> Joseph Patrick Maurer. JPM. You yeah. come here right now, mister. He's in trouble. Too many too many ground balls to second. <laughs> too many four six threes. So uh, Joe came on, uh, and him and Glenn go back, God, 20 years. Those guys, there's... They were trying to figure out, and we're going to play a couple clips here. They were trying to figure out at one point, uh, if you want to go back and listen to the whole thing, if they faced each other when they were eighth, in eighth grade. Because Glenn remembers facing a lefty that took him oppo out of the ballpark in some tournament or something. But we just got, he, he was telling stories. And this first one, you guys, back in 2011, it was August 18th of 2011, Joe Maurer played right field for the only game in his career. He played the entire game in right field because... And he'll, well, he'll tell the story here, but there was a mishap trying to get one of the younger players up from the minor leagues. And this is Joe Maurer's account on the Scorner Twin Show from earlier today of playing right field against the Yankees. I think my heart rate just went up just talking about you know, <laughs> the thought of playing right field again. But um, basically that year, I mean, every up and down the lineup, we were beat up. You know, guys were on the DL, and some guys weren't on the DL but couldn't play, weren't available. And um, I remember just like it was yesterday um, – Morno and I were in the training room trying to, you know, get ready for the game. And um, I remember Gardy coming in, and you you guys know Gardy well enough. You know, he, he, sometimes you can't tell when he's joking around, and sometimes, uh, you know, or when he's serious or not. So he comes in and he goes, "All right, boys, one of you is at first, and one of you is in right field." And you know, at this time, I'm I'm new to first base too. You know, <laughs> 2011. So we're just kind of laughing. We're like, "Yeah, you know, whatever." And he's like, "No, I'm serious." Uh, you know. One he is in right and one he in at first, and I, I thought he was still joking. And Morty goes, "Well, I'll go out to right," you know. And I, I looked at him like, "Are you serious? What happened?" He goes, "Well, he was missed his flight <laughs> from Rochester, and you know, I turned to both of them. I said, look, it's better to have one guy out of position than two. I'll go out to right.' <laughs> so um, here, this is you know three o'clock, or you know, getting closer to stretch, and um, 
So I get, you know, Jerry White and Scotty Alger, all the coaching staff is out there trying to help me out. I'm in right field just <laughs> trying to take some balls off the bat. The fungo, it's just not going well. and <laughs> running all over the place, heart pounding, and just trying to get as many looks as I could. And, and sure enough, there I'm running out there, and, you know, I got three balls hit to me, and, and luckily they weren't that, you know, tough of plays. They are pretty routine, but... Not routine for me being, uh, you know, the first time I played right field since probably town ball here and, you know, when I was playing in high school, you know, and I only played probably a handful, handful of times out and right. So, yeah, my, uh, my heart rate was at an all time high there. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> sounds absolutely terrifying. That is not like when you've been playing baseball your whole life and that's one of the few things you've never done. And they're like, yeah, run out there and do that. Go look at this from a completely different perspective and catch towering fly balls in front of, at the time, 40,000 people. Yeah, no thanks. No thanks. So he found his groove. He gets out there. And the next story he told was about trying to send a message to the Yankees dugout about who's in right field. It was funny. So the first ball I got, I think there was a guy on first. And um, there's a routine. You know, I barely, probably took four steps to my right. And I think it was Gardner on first. And I, I know he's not going to tag, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to send a message <laughs> that I can throw from out here. So I, I get the fly ball, right? And I get behind it, and I just come up, and I just throw it as hard as I could, one hop into first, second base, you know, to, like, say, hey, guys, don't don't, don't try anything, me. you know? <laughs> don't, don't, edgy, and, uh, edgy Joe Maurer in the in right field. Yeah, just exactly. But, uh, and I'm sure, you know, like, everybody's like, what is this guy doing, you know? Like, <laughs> Fire Do they but, catch uh, catch yeah. it over your shoulder, spin and fire it in? <laughs> yeah. So I was uh, I was pretty uh, nervous, pretty amped up about it. But um, hey, we got through it, and uh, I got a I got a game in right field um, yeah, under my belt. So that's that's something I always remember too. I'd be trying to not draw attention to myself <laughs> if I was him. I wouldn't want to send a message. Hey, look who's in right field. I'd be trying to be hide out. Trying to hide out yeah. there. Duck in, in, in a hole or something. The thing, the thing that would be scariest about that place to me going out and playing right is the walls, because you've so got three, three different three walls, right? You've got three different. You've got the the limestone deal. There's a wooden one, and then the padded wall. Yeah, and that and that ball can bounce off any one of the three, and I think it basically goes in different directions depending on which one it hits. If it hits the limestone, it rockets back toward the infield. The second baseman can pick it up. Yeah, if it hits the wood part. It kind of deadens, mm-hmm. but if it hits the padding, it kind of comes out and caroms. So you've got. I remember Denard Span was out there a couple times in 2010, just trying to figure out what the hell is happening out here. Or Michael Michael Kadire was was the right fielder for a while. The play Mookie Betts made off that right field wall a couple nights ago in that 17 oh. inning game. I mean, he barehanded it, yep. one hopped off the wall like mid mid throwing motion. He barehanded it. And just threw a strike into second base. That was amazing. And for a guy, that's not his home stadium. For him, I don't know how he had that down as good as he did because you could not have played that any better. And to do that on the road is amazing. Yeah, right field is because you—it's not even really fun because you can't at Target Field. You can't rob a home run, so it's really there's no upside to playing right field. Right, you can't rob a home run. You can only look like an idiot mostly. Basically, yeah, you're set up to look like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. So that's Joe Maurer playing right field. And if you want to go listen to the whole thing, you can just find it on the Score North Twin Show feed. What did did they say back then, Phil? 
So when he played right in that game, yeah. was the ex- explanation that Luke Hughes had missed his flight, or did yeah, they try Gar- and beat no, around the bush? No, Gardenhire, I, I didn't hear the story from Joe's perspective before, where they're sitting in the trainer's room. Sure. But I remember after the game, Gardenhire just flat out threw Luke Hughes under the bus. Just like, you know, the first question out of the gate is, okay, why was Joe Maher playing right field tonight? Right. And he said, and, and he said well, Luke Hughes... What happened was Luke Hughes was at that Rochester airport, Rochester, New York airport. I remember reading the story now, yes. He had his headphones on, and he was sitting at the wrong gate. <laughs> I remember this, yes. So he was supposed to hop on a flight that morning. Hey, mate. And there's only so many flights to go from Rochester, New York, to <laughs> Minneapolis. There's probably two a day, or one like one that goes out, one that comes back in. And so let's say his flight was at 8.30 in the morning or 10 in the morning, and he was going to get there in time to dress up and play second base, and somebody would play right field, or whatever, he was going to play right field. He had his headphones on, and he was sitting with his back to the gate that he was supposed to go to, waiting, and he's finally, he's like, oh, what, where is everybody? Like, I thought we were supposed to take off. Oh, God, I'm at the wrong gate. I could see I'm at if, the wrong gate, mate. I could see if he was heavily medicated, like yours truly is at an airplane gate any given time I fly, but that's not a good reason to miss a flight. And then can you imagine... Any other $23 million superstar would probably light you up and let you have it. Joe Maurer is not that type of guy, but because you made an idiotic mistake, guy who's been injured all season, has been catching his whole career and is mixing in at first base, now has to go play right field because of you. It's also a great testament, well, a bad testament, I guess, to the Twins' philosophy when it came to injured players, that they would put themselves in a spot. Like, they used to ride out, oh, yeah. oh this guy will be back in a few days, yep. and not put him on the disabled list. And they put themselves in a spot where they literally had, like, nine act. They had nine players and an extra catcher, and they didn't want to put the extra catcher out. Or maybe Joe Maurer was the extra catcher. It was 2011. He was still catching, at least uh, for a couple more years. Uh, Chris Haynes reporting. New Orleans, you want to hit the reckless speculation? Oh, wow. We're firing this up. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me find this. This just Reckless speculation. Bad news for the Wolves. New Orleans is close to an agreement that will give Atlanta the number four pick in the draft tonight. League sources tell Chris Haynes and Yahoo Sports. Okay. Doogie is reporting here from someone directly involved. Uh, has reason to believe if New Orleans moves number four. Okay, Atlanta is more likely than the Wolves to move up. So he's it's kind of this, this is falling apart. The same time. This trade for, for the four is falling apart. But make no Cancel mistake, Rosas yeah. is trying to strike, and my sense remains that moving up would be the top goal tonight. Just as he said, uh, it's tough. It's tough to move up. Rosas trying to strike. I like how that sounds. Just sounds like cool. Oh, like Rosas trying to strike. Gotcha. Got and Woj now <laughs> confirms Woj bomb dropping. Atlanta has acquired New Orleans' number four pick oh, in the draft for number eight, seventeen, and thirty-five. Sources tell ESPN. So wait, they had three. The Hawks had three first-round picks, and now they're got uh, no two? thirty-five is in the second round. Oh yeah, yeah. Eight, seventeen. So they no. traded two of the first. Okay. Uh, two so they the did get in first the top round five. picks that they have. Yeah, it did work. So now Atlanta has four and ten. All right, all right. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if Gerson does strike sometime. Gerson striking, and in an hour from got now, a costume <laughs> like a Superman costume. <laughs> I gotta find a phone booth. Who's got a phone booth around here? Gerson Rosas here. I gotta change. Comes in in a big, big G. A G. It's a big G for Gerson. Gerson. <laughs> That's a visual right there. And our Raised by Wolves live draft special starts in an hour. So stick around. Score North is your place for all Wolves reckless speculation. Cram session when we come back.